0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. Joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Happy summer, Dom. (laughs) That's right. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. Hello. I want to tell you everyone about a show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. It's summertime. That's time for movie blockbusters. And we're talking about all kinds of movies and TV shows there. You can check that out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. So I want to start today with some listener feedback from our last episode. Uh, We did uh, episode 216. We talked about curating your social media for mental and spiritual health. And we got a nice comment from Ben on YouTube who wrote, wow, the best episode yet. You were literally reading my mind, stuff that's designed to get you mad, avoiding the scrolling, Discord being great because it's interest focused and always avoiding the comments. 10 Mm. of 10, fellas. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate your your comment. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. And I really, I felt like uh, we were hitting on all cylinders when we were talking about that, because that was, that's an important subject. And I feel like that was, um, when I was done, I felt great about it (laughs) it that way. So uh, thank you. Um, Yeah. So that anybody would like to send in feedback on any of our shows, you can do that commenting at YouTube, or you can send us email to technology at sqpn.com. As Joanne alluded to as we were starting, it is summer as we record this. Finally, summer is here, which means mm. at least where we are in the Northern Hemisphere. Sorry, mm-hmm. friends down south.
1: <laughs> uh, they but, just had their summer. They're, they're fine. Yeah, really? Yeah. They're okay. <laughs> yes, they are.
0: <laughs> uh, but summertime is often when we go traveling, we go on vacations and uh, of various kinds. And so we wanted mm-hmm. to talk about Tech, uh, so hardware, software, and tech tips for getting the most out of your traveling of any kind, business or pleasure or whatnot. Uh, So, uh, you know, and trips can take a couple different forms. You can be road trips. You can be plane trips. You can be going near and far. We kind of want to cover it all. Now, we're not going to talk too much about camping because we did two episodes on that last year, uh, so I'll put mm-hmm. links to those in there. And so there's all kinds of camping tech in there, but this is more, you know, regular road trips and 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 that sort of thing, vacations and business trips and that sort of stuff. So let's start with, by talking about some hardware we like to use when we travel. Um, and uh, this is particularly relevant because Father Corey, you just got back from a uh, a plane trip, uh, yes. but you you also live. Um, in montana where you're often taking long road trips so i can imagine that yes. you have quite a bit of car uh tech
1: right. t- tech that you use i got a few things that get used and some of the things are built in you know we'll talk about a couple of things here that are built in and a couple of things that you uh, really help when you're out traveling so yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: so one of the things that i like to
1: have in
0: both of my vehicles i have a i have a honda but i also have a big family van that we use and uh, one of the things that I like to have is an in-car AC adapter, and you, like you could, a lot of cars now have, uh, you know, the the old what we used, what I used to call the lighter, but now it's like yeah. a DC mm. twelve volts adapter, um, power port they
1: call it now, but power yeah, it's old cigarette right. lighter port, <laughs>
0: yeah. or they have USB things, but sometimes you still you, you still have stuff that requires mm-hmm. a regular old plug, maybe a cooler, you know, a, or a laptop or whatever. And so uh, one of the things I'm going to recommend that check out is a power inverter, a, a, AC, you know, a DC to AC power inverter. Uh, I've got one in the show notes. I don't own this particular one, but there are tons of them on yep. Amazon that, uh, that are out there. This one is pretty nice because it delivers 150 watts of power, which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And it also has two USB ports to, yeah. to add some extra power. So uh, that would be a pretty good recommendation I would say is to have something like that on hand even if you don't necessarily need it all the time but to yeah. have it available a, a way to plug things in conventionally and
1: they are very they are very nice to have um cuz you can use for things that you don't might not have a 12 volt version of or sometimes if your 12 volt uh phone charger or whatever USB plug isn't working right or isn't putting on enough power you can plug right in with your wall wall wart uh, I'm kind of fortunate one of my vehicles actually has one built in it's oh, it's a factory nice. option. Mm-hmm. Uh some of, you know, you'll see more and more of that. There's actually more and more vehicles that have the AC adapters on the dashboard or in a console somewhere. Um but for a lot of vehicles, yeah, having one of these around. I've had I've had one for over 20 years that mm-hmm. it's great to have just to plug in your computer or something like that if you need to. So yeah, this they, is highly recommended.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a few hurricanes ago I ended up um getting one and it actually fits in the cup holder. Oh wow, and it's and it's two plugins, so it's not and, and works fairly well still. Uh, it sits around in my trunk, but again, when I need it, I put it in and it still works. So
0: right, mm-hmm. heck, you could <laughs> run run your coffee maker off of it when you're <laughs> if you don't have yeah. any power in the house, you could go in the car, turn on the car, and yeah. get a cup of coffee.
1: Should should make sure to have it. Make sure to have the caveat: these are not designed for heavy duty. Right. Hair dryers and curlers mm-hmm. and things like that. You can blow them out. You can get versions that you can permanently mount to the battery, connect to the battery, that yeah. can do that. Yeah. But the ones that you plug into the 12 volt, don't try to no. don't try to no. dry your hair, try to <laughs> your hair, don't try to curl your hair, don't do stuff like that. Fridges
2: Like I would do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, <laughs> Don't not plug your fridge in into it or freezer.
1: That, <laughs> you know, that, but it's just yeah. gotta you know, that's one thing when we're talking about some of these things that are dealing mm-hmm. with electricity, we do have to have the caveats. Yeah. There are going to be things that you're not going to be able to normally do using this. But again, there's a lot of things you can do with it. So definitely.
0: Now, another thing, a lot of newer cars already have. They either have CarPlay or Android Play or they have Bluetooth built in. Um, My Honda does. My mm-hmm. VN does not, and so uh, we're still. in, But it does have an auxiliary jack, and so oh, there you go. You could still. Yeah, I don't have to deal with the tape cassette adapter thing. Though. Oh yes. man, I hated those. Oh, things. Gee, let's not go that far back. <laughs> yeah, or the FM adapters back in the day. Yeah, oh, those were yeah, terrible. they're still out there. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, all things Anchor. I'm a I'm 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 as much an Anchor fanboy as I am a setup fanboy, and so Anchor has a Bluetooth. Receiver that you can install mm-hmm. and to make sure it's a receiver, there's sometimes transmitters. Those won't work. You want a receiver that plugs into the auxiliary jack and then, um, you know, you mm-hmm. can play your sound or we often do audio books or whatever over the, the speaker sound system. One thing I would add is you might need to get a ground loop isolator because mm-hmm. when you've plugged in your phone and the Bluetooth receiver. It can create a, a an electrical right. feedback thingy. Don't you, I don't have to get into the details, but it it creates a whine in
1: the audio, which is really annoying. Yeah. And so the ground loop isolator takes that out. Nice thing is you can find one. I had one again on a previous vehicle that um, it was bat. It had a battery and it could run for quite a few hours oh, off wow. the battery, eight nice. to ten hours off the battery. So if you can find one a receiver with the battery, that takes that issue out. You just yeah. charge it when you're That's not nice. using it with your phone. Um, but yeah, it's if if you don't don't have Bluetooth, and I, I think most vehicles today have Bluetooth, yeah. if nothing else, because that's part of the the hands free phone system that they're putting in in most cars. Um, it's doesn't take cost them that much more to put in. But again, if you got an older vehicle yeah. older than say about you know ten years old or so, you might not have it. So these are nice to have. I mean,
0: my van is a two thousand fifteen Ford Transit, so mm-hmm. but but you know it's big catholic family van and i'm gonna guess we have more than one of those in our audience <laughs> yeah so uh yeah the, and it's in lower
1: of options obviously too you know yeah. if you if you bought the the bare bones package that barely has power windows if even that you know then
0: yeah. uh, the funny thing is it has sirius xm so i don't it's kind of weird that it didn't <laughs> that have bluetooth is. unless it's in there and i could i never found it because i you know mm. in the manual sometimes these uh, operating systems for uh, these interfaces for yeah. car systems uh so those are a couple i want to mention uh, joanne do you have any that you want to talk about any hardware that you recommend
2: well well i've had a go-to item for a very long time and it's the belkin wall mount surge mm-hmm. protector it has three ac outlets and two A. um ports and i'll tell you i've taken that everywhere you think Mm -hmm. when you get to a hotel or even to your friend's house you know you're going to be able to plug in all your devices i feel very bad for my friends when i come over they're like oh no we do not have enough power for you (laughs) (laughs) but but still um i think when i looked when i looked back at this i ordered this particular device in 2012. And it's still going. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anytime I travel, I throw that in because I'm guaranteed to get most of my things charged off of one. Plus, if you're in a hotel, there are surges a lot. Mm -hmm. I haven't blown it yet, but Mm -hmm. just in case, I would not want to do that. So that's one of my favorites.
0: A multi-port, like a power... Uh, surge protector, you know, with a cable or this one, which mm-hmm. is all integrated and small. Yep. Uh, when you travel with your family and everyone's got their own phone, their own mm-hmm. di- devices, you're going to need this. I actually bring a multi-port USB charger. So, um, you know, that plugs into the surge <laughs> protector um, and then I can charge five or six devices off of it because, you know, when we travel, you get, you know, several phones, I got Kindles, I got an iPad, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff is going to be charged yeah. up.
1: Well, even if even if you just have a, a smartwatch and a right. phone and a tablet, that's three devices that need plugs. And sometimes it's not always the most efficient to use the USB plug, especially in hotels. You don't really want to trust those lamps. No.
2: Right. No, you don't. No, please. No, you don't want to trust <laughs> those lamps. No, but even for my husband and I, it we've got like five or six devices between us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it these, this thing has been the most wonderful thing because it is very compact and you put on the USB-A's what you don't mind charging slow and you put everything on the AC outlet that you want to charge up quickly.
0: Right. Yep. Now, something similar that I have uh, is another Anchor product. It's the Anchor 733 Power Bank. And what makes this interesting is, is that it has, it plugs into the wall, so it's kind of a wall wart. It's got several uh, USB Outlets USB C and USB A does power delivery, but it also has a battery inside so yes. it can actually act as a charger even when it's not plugged in. And so that's kind of it's a bit pricey, but it's a hundred bucks. But I use this now as the power uh brick for my laptop whenever it just stays in my laptop bag because it can power the laptop when it's not, you know, as a, off the battery or off the wall. So that's really nice.
1: That's that's a good good thing too to think of is is not just something like this but in in uh, generic a uh, a backup battery you know not the little the little battery packs that mm-hmm. you can use to charge your phone off of they're not that expensive you can find some decent ones that'll do a good job where even if all it does is give you you know another couple hours of charge yeah before you can get to where you're going you yeah. know and to have that available um because that uh, talking about my trip you know went overseas and that was nice to have I could keep that in my bag with with my phone plug it in real quick as we're going around doing our things. And it was so much nicer.
0: Right. As you, as you're out and about all day, like when I'm at home, my phone's always, you know, on a charger, but as you're out and about all day long, you're going to use mm-hmm. it up. And as we'll talk about, probably with the airplanes uh, stuff is when your boarding passes and all that sort of stuff is on your phone. Exactly. And when that's dead, you're in trouble. So better yep. have a battery backup. Exactly. Father Corey, do you have anything for road tripping that you want to talk about?
1: So, one one thing I, I put on here is something I did as a pick of the week a long time ago. Um, and it's something I still use every time I'm in my vehicle. I have one in each vehicle. It's the uh it's a magnetic mount, uh mag- magnetic phone holder. Magic Mount Magnetic Phone Holder by Scosche. Scosche makes all kinds of little gadgets and gizmos for cars. Um, and they also make adapters for aftermarket radios and stuff. But this is something where it's it's a little box, little thing you put on your dash and then you put a little piece of Metal basically that stick to the back of your phone case. I don't know how it works with the Apple magnetic uh, charging now, but with my case, it's a little piece of metal you put on your your phone case, and you just smack the phone right up to it, and it sticks magnetically. And I put it right on my dash where the phone's not really line of sight, but it's where I can glance at it real quick if I need to. Yeah, but hands free and it's safe. It's out of the way, and it's great for when you're doing stuff like podcasts. You know, if you need to quickly you know, scroll to another podcast or Google if you don't have built-in navigation, you don't have Android Auto or CarPlay, you can use it, you know, if you can use the the phone for your Google maps or whatever. So nice. Yeah, that, that's that's a great thing if you're traveling a lot or if you're you know for commuting or road tripping or whatever. Because again, your phone's just right there. It's and it's out of the way.
0: Excellent.
2: Joanne, did you have another uh thing you want to mention? Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with one of the two that I had left. Um This one definitely is for women, but I find out that women usually end up taking lots of things from their male companion because they run out of room. (laughs) Uh, This is a very low tech, but it is for your hardware. Vera Bradley makes a packable backpack, okay? So it's about five inches by five. Okay. It starts off that way. But every time you go somewhere, you always end up buying more things and trying to stuff them into your suitcases or, or you're on a shopping trip, um, in a, in a, like in a village or something and you don't want, or they don't have bags. This is something that you can unpack. It's a backpack. You can stuff all things in it. It's, got a a liner on the inside. So it's, if you put something that's wet in there, it's not going to drip through and it's like $45. I bought one a long time ago and always pack it with me because it's inevitable that we will have extra stuff by the end of a trip Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it has to go somewhere. And usually it's my iPad or something that I don't want to stuff in a suitcase. Right. So I'm going to put it in there and, and have an extra bag. So I I figured I'd I'd include something that was a little low tech, but for your tech.
0: (laughs) And it's got some nice patterns. It's feminine, which is, I think, a problem with a lot of tech bags is they tend to be very bland gray and black or, you know, sometimes they have colors, but they're not particularly, you know, they don't have patterns and that sort of stuff. So. That's
2: nice. Yeah, but you can still get their black and gray one if you want to be, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if you want to keep that. And they also make them in totes and duffel bags. Nice. Same thing. They fold down really small, but they're really hefty afterwards. Nice.
0: Let's move on uh, to talking about some plane trip uh, tech hardware that, we, that would be useful. I'm just going to mention the obvious one, which is uh, noise-canceling headphones. Airplanes have that droning noise to the engines, and noise-canceling headphones are perfect for dealing with that sort of noise. So, whatever type of noise canceling you can get, the Bose ones, you can get AirPods Pro,
1: whatever it is, but noise-canceling headphones. Even even some basic passive noise canceling, where there there's, there's you know where it's not a powered, it's not listening to the sound outside and reversing it. Just you know, like the like the headphones we have, we use for. Uh, for this where they're over the ear, they yeah. they can block out a lot of the outside sound. That helps a lot. Yes. That helps so much. Um as I said, you know, I flew over international, flew over to, to Italy and I had the privilege on a couple of the flights to fly, you know, first class. And they that had nice. their <laughs> nice headphones. And that does help a lot for wow. some. But yeah, it was it was nice. It was, it was a nice upgrade. I, I was never, happy.
0: I've never gotten upgraded. So I'm jealous of the upgrade. Uh, and to go with that is something from a company called 12 South called the AirFly. So if you use your AirPods, they you can't plug them into anything. And most airlines, you know, in-flight entertainment doesn't do Bluetooth because how, mm-hmm. how could they possibly, right. you know, on a plane? So what this does is it plugs into the jack. It's a Bluetooth transmitter. Uh, that oh, okay. sort of like what we had we we're talking about with the anchor device but this is specifically designed for airline travel uh and so it's a it's called the airfly and it can i think there's so there's the airfly there's the airfly duo which lets two people connect to the uh same uh audio source so you know if you're you're Traveling companion can watch with you using their mm-hmm. AirPods, um, and then there's a, there's another one called the AirFly Pro, which adds the ability to stream from your phone to an auxiliary jack. So it does the opposite direction. So you remember what I was saying about transmitter yep. versus receiver. So the the one for the car is a receiver. This is a transmitter. Uh, nice, right? Yeah, transmitter. Yep. So, uh, so those two things, and the the airfly, the basic airfly is uh fifty five dollars. So, um, hmm. but you know, if Not you if if you travel a bit, it might be worth worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let's see, Father Corey, do you have any other uh, bits of uh, tech advice for travel in the air?
1: So, what, one thing when you're traveling overseas, uh, obviously they have different power systems. And they also have different plugs. You can't take your North American plug if you're from North America and plug it in Europe, or vice versa. And so you need—I'm uh, going to kind of steal this from Dom because he put it on there, but no, that, um, that's fine. <laughs> the um, universal power adapter. Now, if you if you've traveled overseas, you've had the adapters of one sort or another. And of course, it used to be you just get the big bag that had all the different types. Well, now they've got these really cool all-in-one units where on the front it looks like the you know you go on the airplane and it's got the plugs where you can plug like every conceivable type of plug into it and on the back you can flip out this type that you need so if you're going to europe you pull out the two pins you're going to the uk it extends out the two plus the the bottom piece and so on and so this is great where you don't have to worry about where am i going and what kind of plug do i need because, and you can get them, like the one I've got is just the plugs. It doesn't have anything else. It does have a surge suppressor. Um, they're the one that can be linked to in the, the show notes. Well, it also has USB capability where you can plug USB right off of it. Um, Now, with, with these, one thing you need to be careful of, if you're going over to Europe from North America, 110 versus 220. Uh, North America is 110. Japan is one 100. I think it is, you know, it's similar systems. Europe is two twenty. These do not do the conversion. Right. You also will need the inverter that drops from two twenty to one ten.
0: Now, hmm. a lot of electronics have their the power supplies these days are universal. Like if yes. you have a laptop, yes, that'll right. um, be a universal. So you don't you're, need to your
1: right. Yeah, your, your basic cell phone, your laptop, your those those wall warts. Most of those are two twenty. Um, I remember this was a while ago. Uh, when I went to, I think it was when I went to World Youth, Theater, I still had something that needed the mm-hmm. inverter. Yeah. I still had one thing that needed the inverter. Otherwise, yeah, you could just plug it into the regular wall. Um, that Walmart mount surge suppressor that Joanne mentioned works great with these.
2: Oh, good. Because
1: right. then you can plug that into, you know, you plug that into this and those are usually rated for 220, I would assume as well. Mm. And then you can plug anything you need into that if you need more than one. So then you don't have to buy more than one of these.
0: Right. That's really that's a good point, yeah. So that you, you because the, the, these are very light with the inverter built in, they're very heavy. So yes, uh, you know, I, I think it's rare these days, unless you have something like a hair dryer you're taking or a, c- a curling right. iron or something like that that has no smarts in it. Most electronics will today will be smarter, will have that universal power adapter built in. But double check, make sure that you're
1: yeah. Look at <laughs> look at it. I actually had to with my phone. My adapter for my phone. I actually had to, you know, pull out my camera and take a picture because the print was so tiny. <laughs> it is so tiny these days, It's is ridiculous. But <laughs> and
0: it's gray on black or. <laughs> tiny. But, these,
1: but yeah, these are nice. I did an extension cord with the multiple plugs on the end, but they're they're nice to have one of these around for that purpose.
2: Any other uh, hardware that you recommend for a plane flight? Well, uh, I'm going to after I drop that into the cart, <laughs> on my cart on Amazon, <laughs> I I'm starting to prepare myself for flying again. It's been about Ooh, 22 years or so <laughs> since I've been in a plane. Oh, wow. And um, I came across this universal in-flight airplane phone holder. Okay. they ma- My fear is they will not have something I want to watch or I've seen mm-hmm. already four times. So this is a small, um, flexible mount that you can put right on the desk tray.
0: The tray table? Yeah.
2: Tree yeah, on the tray table. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're called anymore. But yeah. it would be a desk. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> novice
0: traveler again. Yes.
2: Yes, here we go. Um I, I know you can also use them on your desk, on your regular desk at home, but at least it gives you an option to watch whatever you have stored mm-hmm. on your phone. Mm. Some people like to do that. So, and I, I believe it fits, you know, any size phone. Yeah, that we've got going right now from the smallest to the largest. So and it's only 10 bucks. That works.
1: Yeah. So some airlines are actually going away with the from the behind the seat screen,
2: the back of the seat
1: screen. And everything's over Wi-Fi.
2: Oh, so you oh. have to
1: use your own device, your own phone or iPad. Bringing their own stuff these days. That's you know, interesting. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's, most I
2: think people do, don't they? Oh yeah. I mean, most if you're on an airplane, you see a, a a screen in front of everybody that's not on the back of the chair.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's it's more and more the airlines cuz they can save money by not putting that big LCD oh, yeah. screen with all the the computer and everything when they can just let you use your own device.
0: Speaking of which, if you if you've got kids, they're sitting next to each other, they want to watch a movie on an iPad, they want to listen to it, you can get just simple Y adapters, mm-hmm. just for plugging in things, so wired headphones, and yep. and you just plug one thing into the iPad, and then get two two things coming out of it that you can plug the headphones in. Yeah, that's a that's another one. I recommend. Um, all right, that's a that's a nice little. Uh, Thing it prevents you from having to look down. You can look straight ahead at your phone so you don't get a crick in yep. your neck. Mm. That's a great idea.
1: I like that one. Or sit and hold the phone for three hours as you're flying. <laughs> Not fun. Or nine hours or if it's international. Right, <laughs> right. Uh so let's talk about some software.
0: That would be great. Uh one thing I want to mention, if you are if you have a Mac that you're taking with you, uh like a laptop. This app called Trip Mode. It's available via set app, but it's also available separately is I've had it for years. What it does is, is it lets you set locations. And, and you, so you mm. tell it when I'm in this location and there are various ways to determine that, like what kind of Wi-Fi you're on or that sort of thing. Uh, you, you should allow these apps to connect to the internet that are on this computer and not allow these other ones. For example, when you're in a hotel room and and you are, you know, you, you don't necessarily want your Dropbox to be syncing a gigabyte file. Tell me how I know that, uh, with the hotel <laughs> wifi. So, Whoops. yeah. So, uh, you know, you, cause it's slow as, as anything. Yeah. You can tell it to block certain apps from accessing the internet when it's not on your home or you're on your work, uh, uh, you know, in- internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, that's another way to use it is, is, you know, if you, if you have a device you bring from home to work and back again, or to the coffee shop, you can, also do it for that sort of thing. So trip mode is a nice little, very configurable piece of software. I recommend it. Another one I don't use myself because I'm not I don't travel enough, but one thing I've heard a lot about, and it won an Apple Design Award this year, uh, is called Flighty. And this mm-hmm. is like mm. the I've heard from so many people, it's the way to track, you know, to 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 take, how do I put it? To oversee all of your flight issues all like all Mm -hmm. of your flights Mm -hmm. your hotels to get notified of changes changes in your gate changes in the you know departure times um it it all all kinds of really powerful information about you know your travel um so flighty it's expensive it's like 50 bucks a year but
2: i i used flighty my my best friend is an expat in italy Mm. so i've used flighty on a um you know free trial to when they were here the last time. it really is a robust app. It will give you everything you want, but if you want something that doesn't cost a subscription, then I would go with the flight aware flight tracker yep, that also works that's very that, very those, very those well. are great those yeah, are it's those. an old standard but it it still works very well,
1: well and if you're you're flying yourself, you know obviously you're gonna know what airline you're on or what train you're on um getting the app for your your flights. So if you're know, like, I flew Delta, so having the Delta app, mm, yeah, because yep. obviously it helps you, you know, keep track of where your flight is. It helps you, you know, what gate are you going to be at next? Um, You can handle it. You know, you can do the electronic ticketing where you just scan your QR code off your phone instead of the paper tickets, all that kind of stuff. But they also use that for, if there's problems, you know, if your flight is delayed, your flight has been changed to X, Y, Z, it gives you notifications. So that, that's a good thing to have too. Uh, these flight is great, you know, obviously if you're watching for someone or you're waiting for your flight or you know mm. but uh having the actual apps for the 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 airlines you're on or the train service you're on is right essential too.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I've had I've used the Amtrak app mm-hmm. and it's it's a very nice app and you can get to them through it. So that's also a plus because you get you can ask for help and they'll get back to you.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Getting the boarding passes and stuff and tickets in the app. Yeah. Which on a Mac, I mean, on an iPhone, it puts it in the wallet and you just scan same. it there. Yeah. That's same really with, nice. Same
1: with Google. can yep. do the same thing. And the nice thing, too, is I was on. So long story short, I was on a ticket that was, so let's say, flexible because it was an employee perk ticket, okay. you know, as part of my trip. And so my seat changed multiple times throughout (laughs) this trip as I was upgraded or changed or moved or, and so not having to have multiple paper copies of now is, is this the current one or is this the current one? It's just right there in the app. Nice. And that helps a lot.
0: So much better than the old days when we had those paper things we got from the Uh, travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a world Mm. we live in. What a world. (laughs) All right. So here's, here's one. This is, this is, it's a, uh, it's a prurient subject, but everyone—it's everyone's going to love. It. I needed this in Italy.
1: We needed this in Italy. We so needed just, this in Italy.
0: Just just looking at it makes me laugh. It's called <laughs> Flush, and it is a toilet finder app. And yes, whatever cities that it, it tracks and it track—it's actually it says a hundred thousand public bathrooms all around the world. It will tell you where the closest one is, whether it's publicly accessible, whether you need a key, whether it's accessible to the disabled, does it cost anything? Mm -hmm. Um, I tell you, there was a few years ago when I had my boys in Boston for a Cub Scout event and my poor son, I don't know, he had to eat something to disagree with him. And we were trying to find bathrooms everywhere. Like we went as we went through the city and it was if we'd had this. Life would have been so much easier. The poor kid <laughs> that was having a tough time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, especially in like foreign, you know, uh, foreign countries, Father Corey, as you, as you alluded yeah. to, it can be hard to find a public ba- uh, bathroom that's
1: accessible. Not every convenience store is going to have a public accessible bathroom, not every, you know, restaurant's going to have one. Um, I got to the point where if we were anywhere near St. Peter's square, I just went in and went <laughs> to use the public bathroom at St. Peter's square. a nice I mean, it bathroom was just it was the yeah. easiest way to do it. <laughs> there is convenient. It was good, clean bathrooms, you know, and <laughs> it was free other places, you know, there, you're going to go and they're, oh yeah, we have a bathroom, uh, Monte casino with the home, the home abbey of Benedictines. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's a bathroom, but it's 50 euro cents. Yep.
0: You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So Definitely.
1: knowing, knowing stuff like that. Yeah. It, pay bathrooms are fairly common in Italy, at least. Right. At least we found.
2: It just says we have an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, we, there is an app for everything anymore. I, I, wish, I wish
1: I would have known about this before we went to Italy. I would have <laughs> downloaded it and used it frequently. Because right. there were times when kids were scrambling to, we finally found a bathroom and it was a mad rush. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, fast food places like the American fast food places will generally yeah. like
1: McDonald's yep. or KFC or whatever. McDonald's.
0: You, yeah. Yep. You'll you'll find a a public bathroom in those. Uh, Joanne, you had an app that it's kind of in a special category because you can't get it.
2: Yeah, you know, and because it's been my go to app for I don't know how long, the nightstand central. Um, mm-hmm. it it was an iPhone and iPad app that had the best, a system. You would have your weather, you would have your time, you would have it could set multiple alarms. Um, it was a great, and it was nice and big, mm-hmm. so you would, so that you could see it on a nightstand. Right,
0: it's it functioned as an alarm clock. Turned your phone mm-hmm. into an alarm clock on your bedstand.
2: Right. Yeah. The minute I saw that the new phone fo- that iOS 17 was going to be able to do that, yeah, I said, I wonder. And when I went looking for our show today, I can't find it anywhere on Reddit. I found out that about seven months ago it disappeared. Right out of the app store. So it got Sherlocked folks, but well. if you still have it, if anybody out there has this app, use it now, I'm still using it. It's a great app and it's great for travel. Cause wherever you go, it changes location. It changes weather. It changes, mm-hmm. yep. you know, everything, but if you use it or lose it, cause I have a feeling in another couple of months, it's going to, they'll probably just discontinue it totally.
0: Yeah, the nice thing is actually if, is a lot of times if there are apps that are removed from the store, if you've already bought it, uh-huh. you it's still available to download if it's in your account in many mm-hmm. cases. Unless they have mm. to remove it for safety reasons in the app store, it's still there for you. It, you know, it's like if you upgrade your phone and they'll redownload it from the, you know, the next time and that sort of thing. So if you bought it in the past, it might still be in your
2: account. Mm-hmm. I looked. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So it's not even there.
2: But but it's on my devices. Right. It's on my phone and my two iPads, so yeah. I can still use it. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless I get rid well, of it.
0: No, it it might be in your For account. Now. It might. It's, it's right. not on the store, but it might be in your mm-hmm. account of list of purchased software.
1: It might. So be. You might still. You know, like if you got a new phone, you I'll might still be again. able to download it. Yeah. You know, as I,
0: part I'll of I'll your. Recovery, I've had a few but... things where that was the 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 case, but maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe not.
2: Hey, as long as it still works until iOS 17. Yep. Father, you had another app that
0: you you like to use that I agree with. Uh, Um, Or is that you or is that uh, Joanne who had the. No,
2: that's me, I think. Gas Buddy. Gas Buddy, right. Uh, Gas Buddy is my go to. Look, (laughs) I work in I work in live in Rhode Island, work in Massachusetts, and I am looking always for the cheapest good gas, not Mm -hmm. the real cheap but the cheapest mm-hmm. and this thing saves my bacon more than anything else. You can do it by location. You can mark favorites. Um, you can attach credit cards to the thing, which I do not, mm-hmm. but it, it really finds you and com- and gives you the entire list. The only way it, because it's crowdsourced, you really have to be careful because if somebody, you have to look to see when was the last time it was updated. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you could be, by the time you get there it could be like, wait a minute, that's not what Gas Buddy said. It it's all based on crowdsourcing. And I do help when I do when I go there, I'll go into Gas Buddy afterwards and say, no, price change, here it is. You know, so I think it's a really good app to have in your arsenal of apps. Yeah. Especially if you're on a road trip.
1: I'll have to i have to get in the, I just noticed that my little gas station here doesn't get updated. So I'll have to make sure to kinda of get in the habit of doing that. Nice. Uh, they mm. tend to be a little more expensive with Great Falls. For me it's more convenience, but yeah. <laughs> Um, to tie into that, um, a lot of the fuel station chains, you know, Sunoco there in the East Coast, uh, uh, Sinclair and Conoco here in the West, they have their own, gap, their own apps. And if you hook up your credit card or your uh, direct, like a direct withdrawal, you'll get so much off if you use that to activate the pump. Yeah. Instead of going, you know, swiping a card at the pump or something like that. And so that's a good thing to do. If you know you're going to be traveling that has a certain type of gas station that you're going to likely use, get the app, have it set up again for your credit card or for your, however you do it. Um, and then when you get to the pump, you just say, I'm at this station, this pump, go. And it charges automatically and they'll generally deducting from 10 to 20 to 25 cents a gallon yeah. for using it.
2: Yeah, I have the Shell app that does that. And it's, it's a beautiful thing because I hate putting my card mm-hmm. in that in the slot. card reader, yep. you know, because who knows who's been playing with it. Yep. Right. I
0: do Apple pay whenever I, if I don't have the app, I'll use Apple pay because you can't, you can't spoof that. They can't steal that. Yeah. You got to be careful of those card readers, especially when you're away from home on mm-hmm. the, on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few more things I want to uh, just touch on phone service when you go, yep. especially when you go overseas, uh, almost all smartphones now can do eSIMs. So you have your regular mm-hmm. SIM from your home, you know, AT&T, mobile, T-Mobile, yep. Verizon. Uh, but you can get a secondary eSIM, either just data or data and voice. And there's a great website called esimdb.com what that will find you services in these other countries. And let me tell you, phone service and data is so much cheaper everywhere else outside the U S it's crazy how much we pay compared to other places. But like, say you were going to France and you would go there and you look up and you go, Oh, I can get 10 gigs for 30 days for $14. And it's really easy to set the East. They'll give you instructions for your particular phone, but it's really easy to set up an eSIM. and it, it doesn't take away, you know, it it doesn't affect your regular phone number and all that sort of stuff. Um, So, you know, when you're traveling, and you want to find a cheaper option, this is a, a nice thing to have.
1: No, that's, that's the option I used. I didn't do that route. There's another option you can do as well. Um, doing the eSIM is great. But, you know, for some people that are more tech that aren't as tech friendly, that might be a not a good idea. Yep. You know, if you're afraid of it's, it is better than when you actually had to physically remove your old SIM and put the new oh, SIM yeah. in overseas. You'd be afraid of losing your your, your regular one. Yeah. Um, but the big three, at least here in the United States, do have international service plans. So I believe both Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, if you go to Canada or Mexico, it's generally part of your regular plan. But if you go to Europe or Asia, Africa, it's not. So what I did was $100 a month, and Verizon, AT&T, both have this plan, $100 a month, unlimited data, unlimited text, relatively speaking. Of course, they do have a limit, but it's like 1,000 texts a month or something like that, 1,000-cent texts a month. Um, T-Mobile has something similar. And so I paid $100 and I could use my phone with my number. That's the thing, too. If you do the international service plan, people can still contact you at your regular number, even from here in the United States. And it gives you so many minutes for calls, like 240 minutes was Verizon a month um, for 100. So you are paying for another plan and it is more expensive than the Europe-only plans, like you doing the eSIMs. But if you have reasons why you want to keep your number, why you need to be reached that your regular number, unlimited data, I had unlimited 5G, uh, other than about 30 minutes of kind of fussing with the phone to get it to actually do the roaming. Yeah, it worked great. Okay. You know, once once my phone realized it could roam in Europe and it did, it was beautiful. I mean, I had no problems with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the the, the easier route. It's a little more expensive, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit easier. So um, pick, pick your poison. So another uh, service I want to talk about is TripIt. It's kind of like I mentioned with Flighty, which is an app. TripIt also has an app, but uh, especially if you travel a, a bit, um, all you do is when you, when you get emails from airlines, hotels, car rental places, you forward those emails to a special address at TripIt, and it recognizes it's from you, and it assembles the itinerary for you. So it's all there in one place, and it does multiple. You can have multiple future trips. You know, all there in in one place. It's smart enough to recognize dates and that sort of thing, and it puts it all together for you, nice and neat. And then you can share that with someone, say, someone you're going to travel with, or someone who, you know, you're traveling to, and you want them to see your itinerary, that sort of stuff. So, uh, Tripit is nice for that. And there's a Tripit Pro, which is a higher level one if you if you're a you know a frequent traveler. Um, so, uh, someone else had a tip about downloading stuff, Joanne.
2: Yeah, that was me because sometimes when you go to other places, television is not the way it should be. Right. (laughs) So, and most of us have streaming apps. So, take advantage of downloading some of your shows and movies to your. Um, you know, iPhone or your iPad. That way you always have something when you're awake at three in the morning and there's nothing to do and you can't watch TV. And it's like, okay, let's just, okay, I'll watch the Kardashians again. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I do not watch that show. I do not watch The Bachelor, but I have friends who do. Yeah. So... I watch my soap opera. That's the only thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that you can't get ahead. Not every, not
0: every streamer does it, but some streams, streamers will let you download stuff for mm -hmm. offline viewing. Yeah.
2: But remember, it depends on your price plan. Yeah. Yep. So check your price plan out beforehand and you'll know if you can download or not.
1: I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed watching home and guard television and motor trend television dubbed in Italian. <laughs> really? It was funny watching. I just happened to flip through and it was one of those, you know, house reveal type shows and they literally dubbed for each person. So they had whoever was doing the Italian couple that had gotten the house. They had to, you know, Oh wow, this is so great in Italian. You know, this is so beautiful.
0: That's funny. I can just imagine how that <laughs> sounded. Uh and then, as we mentioned before, you know, use Apple Pay, Google Pay, uh,
1: yes. wherever you can. Um, yeah, it's especially, you know, that was one thing in Italy. Italy traditionally was known for being cash only. Well, there's a lot more of the little tap uh, credit card things. Right. Yep. So you don't have to pull out your, your wallet and, you know, pull out your credit card. You can just bring it up on your, your Google Pay, Apple Pay wallet. Tap. Life is good. Right. We even use that on the Autostrada. Oh, in, in, nice. In Italy. <laughs>
0: yeah gone are the days of traveler's checks man i hated those things oh <laughs> me too uh, it's or just even go to the cambio the uh, the you know the the money changer places oh, yeah. at the different in the uh, at the cambios what they call it in in italy uh you know we had to, to take your american money and pay a fee to get it changed now yeah. you can just
1: wow. pretty much use you either the, use electronic or you know or make sure your debit card is set up for whatever country you're going to mm-hmm. before you go and ATM fix everything to quote the old Visa commercial. <laughs>
0: yeah. By the way, nice. Um, you go to your if you either on your bank's website or your bank's app if it has an app. Mm-hmm. There's probably a place to let them know that you're traveling. Yes,
1: that's uh, a good point. Uh,
0: the, mm, yes. Let them know that you're traveling so that they don't you don't get fraud alerts. They freeze your stuff until they get a hold of you. And if you're overseas, it can be hard to get a hold of you. So let them know in advance. Yep, exactly. So all right. Uh, that, so that's a lot of good uh, great uh, tech. Uh, hardware, uh, software, and services and tips. Uh, so if you've got a great travel you know, tip, tech idea, uh, let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can send that to technology at sqpn.com. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Olivia A., Matthew C., Annie D., Stephanie D., and Ann K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. All right, as soon as I saw this headline, this first headline we're going to talk about, I (laughs) said, this is a topic for (laughs) Secrets of Tech.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: Associated Press had this. uh, I saw it in other places too. Can a chatbot preach a good sermon? Hundreds attend church service generated by ChatGPT to find out. So... It, this is a bit of a clickbaity thing. So what, mm-hmm. what happened was there was a German Protestant conference, um, And uh, jokes aside, <laughs> yeah. uh, the guy at this conference, so a 29-year-old theologian put together a service, a worship service, entirely generated from ChatGPT, the, the sermon, the songs, the readings, everything, um, based on the theme of the event.
1: And, um, people reacted. Well, and not just, was it, was it generated by chat GPT, but then it was also using, you know, like, uh, text, text to speech, avatars and things like that to actually perform, if yeah. you will, the service. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, you know, the, some people had the, uh, you know, the usual reaction of, well, this is kind of odd or, or even sacrilegious or, um, other people thought it was an interesting idea. Um. But as as the guy who did it said, like this isn't just this isn't really about we should replace preachers with AI. But he he wanted to draw attention to the idea that we could like just like we use commentaries to help us, you know, write sermons. Uh, maybe people could use AI, you know, text models like ChatGPT to generate ideas for sermons. What did you think of this overall and about some of these ideas that they they advanced? Father Corey, you first, of course.
1: <laughs> you know, I admittedly I've not really played with ChatGPT or any of the other AI tools out there. I just, I, I, I guess I haven't been that interested. I don't know. Um, I could see this being used as a as a sermon generator, as an idea of you know, get the basic outline of a sermon and then fill it in. You know, I could see stuff like that, like like you mentioned, a commentary or a homily help or something like that. Um, I, I'm trying to resist the jokes about my brother priests and needing <laughs> to use this for, uh, helping their homilies, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think it's just another tool that can be used to help for writing. I don't, you know, I don't see it as something that a priest, a preacher should rely on as a, I'm going to, I'm going to create my entire sermon by saying, here's the Bible pa- passage. Give me a 10 minute sermon, you know? That that would I don't see that going well ever, and I don't think a preacher should do that because you know as, as when we preach we should be bringing some of self into it. We should be bring you know bringing our knowledge and our experience and our skills, and chat GPT can't do that. Right?
0: Yeah. Some of the complaints were that it just felt flat, like the like a lack lacked emotion, lacked spirituality, was full of platitudes. So. Joanne, what do you
2: think? words, yeah.
1: some sermons I've heard.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm biting my tongue because, <laughs> as 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 one who who is the recipient of sermons, but also as one who has looked as learned how to put them together, um, it is not an easy task. And I can't see. Fi- I, I mean, I can see the potential downside of farming it out to a chat GPT right now because it's the it because it's the early days and let's be let's be you know experimental or this is how we got in trouble after Vatican II so let's not try it again (laughs) experimenting Um, yes you know folks (laughs) you know and when I hear that it, it put the service together now look that's what I do Okay, and I'm sorry, you really need to know every single intricate piece of what goes into it, and I don't think and even though you could put all that stuff into a chat uh, an intelligence an artificial intelligence, you still can't read the room. The artificial intelligence cannot read the room right. So you don't you still have to be able to switch things up in real time, whether it's a sermon exactly. or whether it's whether it's a, a ritual. So I'm sorry. And it doesn't
0: know <laughs> your community. Like your community. Right. That's the idea is the homilies and the the, the the elements of the mass itself, the liturgy itself, are are shaped for the community that is participating in this in this worship. That's part of the point. So yeah. Well, the other thing too, is someone pointed out in the article was you know these these AIs they go out and they they look at all of the stuff that's out there about it and then kind of distill it. Well, that's that has to. There's all kinds of stuff out there about Christianity. I mean, <laughs> even like crazy ideas. So you what you have is the danger of watering down this soup of Christianity into something that doesn't really apply to anybody or it has weird fringe beliefs or whatever. So that's part of the the danger of this sort of thing. I. Just some things you can't replace the people. And I, I think this is one of those things.
1: Again, I think it can be a good help, but I wouldn't I wouldn't try to rely on it. And I would uh, mm-hmm. if any of my brother priests or preachers are listening, don't just don't go to the temptation to try to make it right. Your whole thing It's oh, not going to work. It's not walk
2: away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Run away.
1: Yep. Stay with the books. <laughs> Stay with the books. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So uh, our next headline is from the New Yorker, and it's an article about um, the, the headline is how to find a missing person with dementia. And it tells some really heartrending stories about some, you know, the people who with dementia, Alzheimer's, various kinds who wander away and get lost. It's a problem. Anyone who's w- w- uh, worked with anyone who, with various forms of dementia knows how th- that the idea of the person walking out the door and disappearing is a constant concern. Um, and a couple of parts of the tech parts of this is the people working on ways to track d- dementia patients, balancing that against their right to privacy and autonomy and sometimes with dementia, they don't want the devices that you give mm-hmm. them for their safety and and so then there's this tension between respecting their rights but also taking care of them and caring for them. My own mom who passed away earlier this year, suffered with dementia for the remaining, you know, several remaining years of her life. And she had paranoia about stuff and she thought my brother was out to get her and, you know, (laughs) other things like that, which was just tragic. But, um, you know, this is is a, a real problem. I mean, what do you think of this balance between their autonomy, their right to their privacy and keeping them safe?
2: It's tough. I've dealt with it twice now. And it's... You have to keep them safe. And and I know I've had, I've had both family members in my life wear the ankle bracelets. And even though I really didn't like that, you really, if there is a way to keep them safe, but I'll still allow them there uh, as much autonomy as you can, that's always a good thing. But it really comes down to safe because they have no idea. It's not really them and they're not functioning in in a real cohesive way. So, yeah, yeah, it's hard.
1: Yeah, I worked in a nursing home in high school and we had a number of residents who were Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. And yeah, it was, you know, they had the ankle bracelets because if they got out the door, they were gone. By the time we could catch them, they're halfway to downtown or wherever they're going, you know, and it was very difficult sometimes to try to keep that on there. Um, keep that on their ankle, keep that on their, their wrist or wherever you'd put it. And there are, you know, some technology tools can help, you know, there are the fall necklaces and things like that pendants that they can hit the button if they fall or whatever. But if they aren't going to wear it, if they're going to fight against it, and especially if they're in that intermediate stage where they still have a little bit of autonomy left, but they're so completely confused and they become very confused very quickly and they're going to see this bracelet. They're going to see the anklet, and they're going to rip it off. They're going to take it off. And then they're going to run off and get lost. And the, the article tells about a story about a, a woman where she was at a museum. They were at a museum and she took off. And next thing they know, they found her 10 miles or her body 10 miles away years later,
0: years later. Yeah. That, that's one of the things they, they said. It's hard to find people with dementia when they go missing, like this because they tend to not leave clues where they went. The best you can hope for is someone noticed them or there was a camera But that, so one of the things they mentioned is giving them, you know, smartwatches, smartphones. But again, if it has to stay charged, they have to keep it on them. Um, There is something called Project Lifesaver that started in 1999, where they have bracelets that can be remotely activated once a person's gone missing and then emit a radio signal every few seconds. Now, I'm guessing it's just a standard radio signal where you have to drive around and triangulate it. I'm gu- I'm guessing it's not like c- a cell signal, but that might be something to, to to explore in the future.
2: Yeah, especially if it's something like rubbery that they can just put on and, yeah, and yeah. you know, because I think it would be helpful. How many times are we seeing silver alerts now? Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's the one you know? thing they
0: mentioned in the article is like the silver, alerts, which are themselves of only, you know, middling mm-hmm. utility because yeah. who noticed, like you, you notice a kid, Who's unaccompanied or mm-hmm. might be, right. but just an older person out walking does not gather attention necessarily. They're just a they're well, just a person and walking. A lot of
1: times, and a lot of times, the silver alerts are when someone who has dementia gets in their car and drives off. Right. Yeah. And then at least you have the car. Right. If they stay with it, now this is where I wonder if something related to like an AirTag, you know, Apple AirTag technology would help.
2: Oh. But it would have
1: to be something that you put in a, something you know they're going to keep. Yeah. You know, like if, if you've got someone who she's wore, she's carried a purse for, you know, 60 years and that purse, there's nothing in it. But she's got that purse with her and will never let go of that purse. Then you can put an air tag in there and that would be a great help
0: or a locket or something or, yeah. a, shoe? Yeah. or shoe. A, into shoe. a shoe, maybe. Yeah. And I,
1: I wonder if maybe we'll start to see more like wearable type things where you can sew it into a particular sweater that they'll always wear or, you know, some of their clothing that could be washable. You know, stuff like that. I wonder if we'll, you know, start to see technology like that sometime soon. That would be nice. Where every, you know, every shirt you sew in one of these little tags, mm. they don't know it's there, but it will act like an air tag that every time they go past someone with a smartphone, it'll ping. Subcutaneous
0: transponders, like guess, Star Trek. No,
1: yeah, kidding. there you go. No. <laughs> Microchips. <laughs> no. Microchips. Let's
0: no, microchip we don't want to people. get into that. Like
2: I chipped my dog. I don't <laughs> think I want to be chipped myself. Right, right.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. I agree. Uh, our last headline is kind of a funny one. Cause we, everyone hates captchas, right? The, the, that thing we have to, yes. to find all the fire hydrants.
1: I can't even Pro- see them. Prove, you, <laughs> prove you're human. Proof well, you I human. can't. So I guess yeah, I'm not really. human. Yeah.
0: So this headline is captcha is asking users to identify object that objects that don't exist. Now, discord, which we have a discord server, discord sometimes asks people to use the captcha to prove they're human as they log in. Um, and they're using like AI to create. The images so they're not using photos like Google uses street view photos to, to do the captcha and but this is like I'm not sure how why they're ending up like this but they're creating things like uh, this one example please click each image containing a Yoko and you look at it and you go a what and then you have like the weird like melted Rubik's cube a distorted gl- uh, globe and a round thingy Maybe that's the Yoko. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was. I was like, gonna
1: say it's a picture of Yoko Ono.
0: I was just I mean, gonna say that. Yoko Ono.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <She's just> hiding <laughs> behind the globe? Yeah. <laughs> Is exactly. there someone in
0: there destroying the Beatles? Come on. Uh, so oh. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of wild. Or another one was click click each image containing a puzzle cube, and there's a couple things in there that look vaguely like a Rubik's cube. That's probably what it means, but it's just kind of this weird this company called H CAPTCHA has been doing this and some of this, not every one of them that come out is like this, of course, but um, it's just kind of funny as it, people encounter these and like, I don't know what to do. How do I get past this? Cause I can't figure out what this is.
2: Yeah. But it, even when you get the ones I had to do it this morning, you know, even when you get the ones that find all the crosswalks and you get all the crosswalks, you can see, except maybe the one in the corner that has maybe an eighth of an inch of a crosswalk on it, and you miss it. And up comes another caption. It's like, come right. on, gang! I don't have all day for well, this. And,
1: and what they're they're doing is they're doing something similar to what Google. So if you use the Google CAPTCHA, what it's doing is it's training the image recognition of Google. So you, you see right. the click everything with a bicycle. So it's helping Google understand what a bicycle looks like. Click everything that's got a crosswalk or traffic signal or a person or you know, and it, it's it's. Well, they're doing this. HCAPTCHA is doing the same thing, but they're doing it to train AI to make objects look more real. Yeah. More recognizable. And so that's, yeah. And and it's causing problems where, again, and it doesn't have a skip this process, give me another option type thing. Right. Show me something real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So,
2: or like the one I had this morning where the guy, it said, you know, click the motorcycle. It's a picture of a guy on a motorcycle within the cer- within the secret squares. Yeah, so right. you had to make sure you caught every square that had him in the mo- and the motorcycle in it.
0: Right. Yep. It's like, does that little extra corner count or no? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if I exactly. click it, will I will I have to start all over again? It's like, oh, a robot would be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, go, Google. Yeah,
2: Chat AI could do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: Google's got Google's bad for that too because even if you get them all, it will give you another set of images yeah oh. on purpose it'll give you like a second and third set of images like no i did this yeah. i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> you weren't for me
0: <laughs> you weren't for me yeah <laughs> all right uh let's move on those those are our headlines let's move on to our picks of the week and joanne i'll let you go first what's your pick this week
2: which i'm sure we've seen in some form in Secrets of Tech, but always worth repeating it's that time of year again. The American Red Cross Emergency Apps. They have an app for everything, including ebooks now. They, they have training in ebook Great. form. Uh-huh. So you can get the app that has just that. But I mean, they've got blood donor, they've got pet first aid, they've got along with hurricane, earthquake, tornado, and a regular and regular emergency. Having these on your iPhone or your iPad is always good to have because you never know when you're going to need it. And when you go away, you can set different locations of where you're going to be or where you're traveling to. And it will keep up the alerts in those areas. Nice. I have friends traveling yeah. from Georgia up here now for a few weeks, and they're gonna plot their gu- you know their way up here with that app, so that's great.
0: There used to be separate apps for things like earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes. they've incorporated all those things into their one emergency app, which is good but, that's great. but they still
2: have the separate ones
0: well, so that's the case if you have it it's still it's you still. You, it's still on your phone, but you I don't think you can get it in the... Um, I'm
2: seeing, no, I'm seeing it in the App Store. Oh, you are? For oh, no, for like the emergencies? App Store. Oh, okay. oh,
1: yeah. They don't have it on their site. Yeah. Yeah, on their, their website, they just show the emergency only right. one, which is great. That That's probably the better way to do it. It's just put right. all those kind of emergency alerts in one place.
0: I like the thing where you can set your own home location, but you can also monitor other locations where... Like I, I monitor in Texas where my in-laws live, so it's just how they're doing. And up in Maine where my sister lives to, just to keep an eye on if something's going on in those places. I, I think that's really great. Um, and then you mentioned the other apps. They even have apps for medical professionals and, and that sort of thing. Um, and they have um, Alexa skills too. So you can get information uh, from from that. So uh, pretty good. Yeah, the, the I, I second that. American Red Cross uh, emergency apps are great. Uh, Father
1: Corey, what's your pick this week? So I'm, I'm picking a, a streaming service, a video streaming service, TV and movie streaming uh, service that's been around for a while. It's been around about ten years or so, but it's Tubi, and this is this is a, a free streaming service. There is no paid tier on this, so it is ad based. So they do have ads, but it's it's like a minute or two of ads every 15 minutes. So it's it's less than watching live TV. Um, what, it, what why this came across my radar is. There's a new uh, Babylon 5 uh, animated movie coming out here later this summer and Tubi has all of the series all of right. Babylon 5 available for to watch for free. So what do you think I'm doing on it? Um, <laughs> but they've got hundreds of TV series, they've got bunches of movies. It's again it's all ad-based, so you're going to have ad breaks. They seem to do a pretty good job of either coding the ad breaks or that whatever the uh algorithm they use to find the ad breaks in TV series does, it seems to do a pretty good job of finding a good clean breaks where it's not like the, 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 the aliens coming out or now wait for this commercial break, you know, that that kind of thing, you know, mid sentence type deal. Uh, This seems to do a good job of either scene breaks or add natural ad breaks within the the series already. Uh, So it's free. You can sign up for it. You don't have to. That's the other thing. You do not have to create an account. But if you want to be able to use it over multiple devices, you want to be able to do continuations, things like that. You do need to create an account.
0: Yeah, I I used it to watch uh, Karate Kid with my kids a couple weeks ago. Just, you know, it's a you can watch Karate Kid in other places, too. But, um, you know, for pay or on subscription services. But it was nice just to watch a movie. It's free. I mean, my kids were kind of freaked out by the ads because they're not used to ads. But in general, yeah. <laughs> well, why did it stop? <laughs> well, that's
1: another thing. The other thing should mention is they they seem to have a good selection of ads. So you don't see the same ad over, over and over and over. Oh, and over. That's
0: good. That's what drove me crazy with the Hulu free version was it would show yep. you the same stupid ad every 10 minutes. Very good. So my pick this week is uh, maybe unexpected. It's a Facebook, a a meta uh, product. It's called WhatsApp. (gasps) (laughs) I'm always criticizing Facebook, but uh, in this case, WhatsApp kind of came to the rescue for my family Uh, last year. We started using it, uh, my brothers and sisters and I. Um, We were all iPhone people, except for my one sister, who's an Android user, and when you cross communicate outside of the ecosystem, you can have trouble getting messages, you know, the especially like photos and stuff and videos. Like the, the videos would come in as tiny thumbnails. And um and I also had the problem of my family members creating new group messages all the time. So you never know which one is the one where everyone is talking. So WhatsApp is nice because you create a room. And then you invite people to the room, and everything is self-contained in there. And it works on Android, it works on Mac and iPhone, and every place. Windows apps, and um, it's free. So I, I I recommend it for families, especially or other big groups mm-hmm. where you need to communicate with lots of people. Um, when my this we started using it especially because mo- both of my parents were, you know, getting older and falling ill and dying. And managing all that as a family was made much more possible because of my, uh, you know, using WhatsApp. So yeah. I have to have to recommend that it was really good
1: Well, and this. And this goes into traveling, too. If you're places where you only have Wi-Fi, you don't have cell signal, your SMS is not going to work. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you got Apple or Android, it's not going to work. Um, if you've got, um, you're overseas and you're using the eSIM instead of your international calling plan, you you won't get your messages from your regular number until you get back to the States. Right. Things like that. Yeah. Um, so, and this is a great option for that. And you can do calling on this too. You can do, yeah, you, can, you know, kind of like FaceTime, sim- similar type things.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, that's how I communicate with my friend, the expat in Italy. It's mm-hmm. WhatsApp all the time through the phone. So it's like having a regular telephone conversation with her. Just know that just like our regular phones and regular texts, there are people who all of a sudden drop in and send you messages. And it's just a quick, you know, block and swipe. And right. they're yep. out of there.
0: It has the same, all the same problems that yep. uh, that all the others wouldn't have. But that's a good point too, though, is like when you're overseas, uh, you, know, you don't have access to regular phone service a, a message, especially with the people you're traveling with. That's the great thing is, yep. uh, is you can get that.
1: And that's that was the group that I was with. We would the, the those who were the chaperones, the adults of the trip would um, use WhatsApp for communicating back and forth, even even though all of us, most of us had done did the international service plans where we could text back and forth, too. But Good. this just made it so much easier. Excellent. <laughs> it really did.
0: Great. All right, so that'll do it for this time. We would love to hear your feedback on anything we talked about. You can do that by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And you can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC217, 217, Tech217. 217. Please, if you can, take a moment, write a review of the show in Apple Podcasts or one of the podcast directories that lets you do that, and share the podcast with your friends to help us grow this community and reach more listeners. We'd like to thank James for research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.